from the door to our garage, I mean, it's packed full of just stuff. And I'm scared to even walk in there because I, I, I'm scared of what I might find in there. Um, so if you have, have your own house um, and, or even in your parents' house, you would know that the garage is the place that you don't let the guests to come and tour. Uh, that's the door that's locked always because the garage is where all the junk goes in. But Ayu is not a person like that. She likes to live uh, clean. I'm not saying that I don't like to live clean. I also like to live clean, but, but um, she's, she's, yeah, she's another level clean. And, um, and she said, you know what? We're going to call the people to collect rubbish from our house, and you get a couple free in a year. They come and collect whatever rubbish you have, and we call those people, and, and we just put out. And she's like, all right, we're going to go through everything in our garage, and we're going to chuck out what doesn't need to be here. And uh, we're going we're gonna to just get rid of some stuff. And, and we began to th- sort through the stuff, not just in the garage, but in the house. And I was really surprised. I was really surprised at what I found in our garage. And I told her, are you? Everything here we need. Like, there's nothing that needs to be chucked. That's why I kept it here. That's why we, we, we leave things in the garage. We might need it sometime. How many are, are, are like me? We, we keep things because we might not need it now. Abel is agreeing with me. Uh, we might not need it. And Fitzy, definitely. We might not need it now, but there will be some time where we will need that old shoes that, that has holes in the bottom. Are you, you don't know when I would be cutting the grass and, and I would run out of every shoe that I have and I'll be panicking. So I need to run and I'll get that shoes and I don't want to dirty my other shoes, you know. And she's like, you're chucking this stuff out. And I was shocked. By the end of the night, the amount of stuff that was in our front yard, I'm like, how did all that come out of our house? And, and, and a couple of weeks later... Uh, we did the same for the church, and I've been telling the girls, the, the operation team, um, you know, we need to clear out that gar- the container. So in the church, the revived container, I kid you not, it's so pretty on the outside. It's so beautiful to look at, isn't it? It's like, oh, it's a nice size um, uh, container, and it looks like any other container. But when you open the lock and when you open the massive door that's really heavy, and you, you just stand there, there's a pileup of stuff from the roof to the bottom of the of the container just full of stuff and if we have events we have to literally take stuff out and then look through all the mess that is you can't even walk you get injured I've cut my leg a lot of stuff has happened in that place so it's a dangerous place so we uh, did a massive cleanup of the container so what we did was we took everything out everything out of the container and we began to sort through the stuff that we really don't need to go back in the container and you'll be shocked if you see a massive dump at the back of the church behind the basketball ring. We had to hire that dump to really chuck all the stuff that was there that didn't belong. And we were shocked at the amount of junk that was just sitting and taking up space. And we freed up the space. Now you can just, you can dance in the, in the middle of the container. You can, you can do, I mean, you have so much space now. And, and, and as we were doing that in the month of December, this thought came into my heart. And I want to begin by reading... Uh, a profound thing from Wikipedia. You know, Wikipedia is where you get all our information from. But, uh, but I want to share with you what, what they said about compulsive hoarding, or it's also known as hoarding disorder. Let, let, me, let me quickly read an, expert, an excerpt from their, uh, from their section on this. Compulsive hoarding, also known as hoarding disorder, is a behavioral, behavioral pa- pattern categorized by excessive acquisition of and an inability, pay attention, or 
unwillingness to discard large quantities of objects that cover the living areas of the home and cause significant distress or impairment. Compulsive hoarding behavior has been associated with health risks, impaired functioning, workplace impairment, economic burden, and adverse effects on friends and family members. When clinically significant enough to impair function, hoarding can prevent typical use of space enough so that it can limit activities such as cooking, cleaning, moving through the house, and sleeping. It can also put the individual and others at risk of fires, falling, poor sanitation, and other health concerns. Compulsive hoarders may be aware of the irrational behavior, but listen to this, powerful. The emotional attachment to the hoarded objects far exceeds the motive to discard the items. So as, as I was thinking about how we're going to start off the year, and, and, and God often speaks to me in the most mundane ways. It's not when I'm always kneeling down and saying, give me a word. He speaks to me when we're cleaning. He speaks to me in the shower. I did the God over everything serious. In the shower, the thought was dropped down. And, uh, and, and I, I'm, I, I've learned to allow God to speak whenever uh, he, when it, wherever I am, whatever I'm doing. And, and I believe this is the word that God has given us for this year, to start off this year at least, that we need to walk into 2020 We've already walked into it, but we need to kick off this year by decluttering our life. We need to take out some unwanted trash from our lives. And, and I believe this message will bless you and this word of God will transform you if you allow it. So let's go to the passage uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 1 to 3. My first point is this. There are things that we need to get rid of and throw away in our life. Write that down if you're taking notes. There are things that we need to get rid of and to throw away from our life. This is what Peter said. Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander of every kind. And then he said, like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk. The correct translation there. Crave pure spiritual milk of the word. He's talking about the word of God. So that by it, which is the word of God, you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. So this concept of getting rid and throwing away stuff from our life is throughout the whole of the New Testament. And, and I want to begin by there of making you and I understand and come to the agreement that there are some junky stuff in our life that is just taking up space. And, and God is challenging us this afternoon that we need to get rid of some stuff that don't belong there and, and that actually are crowding up some room for other things that God wants to do. Now, the Greek word for malice is, uh, forgive me if I'm pronouncing it wrong, but kakia, which means evil or wickedness. Mind you, he's talking to church people. He's talking to church goers. And he's saying, get rid of evil and wickedness that is in your life. Get rid of it. This is not the nature that you have in Christ. That's part of the old nature. And we need to get rid of wickedness and evil. 
And then he said, malice and deceit. The word deceit, the Greek word is dolos, meaning trickery in order to bring deception and treachery. So what, what Peter is saying is we need to be as faith-filled believers. There should be no room for trickery and deception in our life. Because the, the life that we're living, God has paid the ultimate price by sending his one and only son to take your place and my place so we can live light. He wants us to live lightly and not be carrying burdens and baggage that the cross took care of. So he's saying, take, get rid of trickery in our life. And then he said, hypocrisy. The Greek word is, I don't want to try and attempt to say it, but it, lit, it means this. To give the appearance, you, have, you are one thing, but inwardly you are another. God wants us to throw away hypocrisy going into a new year that he graciously and by his mercy has given us. God is saying, get rid of it. That is not part of my children's nature. That is not the life that I want to you to live. I want you to get rid, and I want you to, to, to get rid of this hypocrisy that so easily exists in our life. And then he said, envy, which in the Greek it means jealousy. He said, get rid of it. Don't allow it to, to, to remain there. There will not be any situation, trust me, that you will need it. God is saying, throw it out. Get rid of it. And then he said slander, which means running down the individual of one of, sorry, the individual of whom one is jealous. That's what slander means. Like, like running down someone of whom we are jealous about, making them look bad, uh, making someone else's name look bad. God is saying, get rid of that because that is not a room that should be taking up in your life. Church, we need to throw away such things like we would throw away filthy clothes that we have. Um, I, I, was, I was also, I, I, I would admit I'm a bit of a hoarder when it comes to stuff. And you actually highlighted that for me in our marriage. And, and, I, and, and I, would, I have clothing that I have since we got married. And she's like, what are you doing? It's like it has holes in the t-shirt. I'm like, are you? I can wear it in the house. Like in the house when it's just me and you, we can, I can wear it. What's wrong with that? She'll be like, no, you need to sort through all your clothes. And then I began, I had all these shirts. And, and, and this is one of the motivations for me to, to go to gym and to change my lifestyle is I began to try on clothing that I used to wear a couple of years back. And I kid you not, Ephraim, like the button stopped here and here. Like you guys are laughing now, but I was, I was hurt. I'm like, I used to close this up and it used to be nice on me. And now it's just, I mean, so I need to get rid of this thing because it's no longer fitting me. But it, it helped me to see that, hey, I've got issues that I need to work on. And, and God has been waking me up about that. But we need to, you know, when, when you have not just clothing that doesn't fit, clothing that is just drenched in, in filth. Maybe you went into a certain place and it has this smell that you, no matter how much you wash it, it just never, never gets better. And it's got all these stains. You're not going to keep that kind of clothes. That's the idea that, that, the, that the New Testament talks about when it said you need to get rid of it, throw away. Like we do filthy clothing, God wants us to throw these things out of our life. Peter then shows us how, how we live in the newness of the life 
that God has given us. He said, like newborn babies crave pure spiritual milk, which is the word of God. Um, I've understood this when I'm a parent a bit more. Uh, when, when Mercy is, is, is getting up in the morning, the first thing she wants is she wants, she wants, mommy's, uh, she wants milk from mommy. And, and she will just, she craves, the first thing that she wants is that when she's distressed, that's all she wants. That's the idea that Peter is talking about. The same intensity that a child has to crave a mother's milk, God is saying, crave my things, crave my word. And when you crave my word, and when you are, are, are in, investing in my word, you will get the nourishment that comes from the word of God. We are to crave the word of God because it is only through that that we grow and get rid of this old stuff that used to be part of our life. Mind you, we used to use these things once upon a time. Before we had Christ, we used to use hypocrisy and we used to, we used to live in that. And, and, and when we came to Christ, it became obsolete. So God is saying, at when you are in me, you don't need to keep this old way of living any longer. You don't need to be bitter any longer. You don't need to be angry any longer. That is the, the way you used to live, but now I have created you to be a new creation. And this new person, we don't buy the stuff to fill our house. God has supplied it. And what he wants us to do is connect with his word and receive what is freely given to us. I'll go to another passage. I can go to about 10 passages in the New Testament that speaks about the same concept. But let's quickly go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 to 32. I'm not going to be that long today. Uh, after the message, I really want to pray. So we're going to pray for a bit before we head out. Uh, I want to bless you for this year and what God has in store for you. This is what Paul said. Get rid. Again, that word. Get rid. Get rid of all bitterness. Rage and anger, the two words are coupled together. Brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. If you read the preceding, the preceding verses before this, Paul was talking about not grieving the Holy Spirit. When we lie and when we live in a certain lifestyle, we are grieving the Spirit of God. Now, I want you to understand this because as we were in worship, God was really making me understand that very clearly. When we talk about grieving the Holy Spirit, we always think it's because we don't want to hurt Him and He's offended at the way we're living. That's not what He means. When He talks about grieving the Holy Spirit, He doesn't grieve for His sake. He grieves for your sake and my sake. I, I, I can make this point very clear to you. As a parent, when I see Zoe making wrong decisions that I specifically told her not to do, I grieve. I hurt for her. And as she grows older, imagine your parents, you would understand now. My dad, I, I never understood why he was so serious about certain things that I was practicing in my life. When, I was, when he found out about certain things that I was doing, he was so angry and he grieved. And, and it's not so much that it's affected him, it's so much that he's seeing his son being affected by this. And the Spirit of God is saying, I, I, created, I, I created a new person in you and I have set you free from this and it hurts me to see you being weighed down by the thing that the cross has set you free from. 
So to avoid grieving the Holy Spirit, we don't allow the following things to operate in our lives. Bitterness in the Greek is pikria, which describes someone whose tongue is as sharp as a razor, one who is resentful that they refuse reconciliation. What God is saying is get rid of bitterness and holding grudges against anyone. These are clothes that we used to put on, but not any longer. So if, if you have something against anyone, church, I plead with you, sit down with that person and, and let it go. Get rid of it. Don't allow it to foster. Don't allow it to sit down. I was, I was reading a commentary by Dr. Uh, Tony Keys and, and, and a lot of these definitions, I got it from his, his commentaries. And he was, saying, uh, he was sharing a profound story in regards to this. In the Philippines, there was a husband and wife that were married for 30-something years. For the first 20 years of their marriage, they lived in, 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 a, in a happy marriage with one another. But for 12 years, now listen to me, not 12 days, not 12 hours, for 12 years, the husband and wife, they had an argument about something, and for 12 years, they lived in the same house, not speaking once face to face. When the husband would leave out of the house, the, the wife would be in the house, and when the wife is out, the husband would be in, and if they needed to communicate, because they had one son, if they needed to communicate for anything, they would write notes to each other. This went on for 12 years. And this is a true story. And after 12 years, they went before a judge and they said, we want to get a divorce. And it was when the case was heard, it was found out when their judge said, what was the grievance? What was the thing that made you like this for this long? They both could not remember what caused it. Isn't it true that the smallest of things can separate the closest of relationships? And I'm telling you, God is calling us to be different from the old way we used to live. In the old nature, we used to indulge and we used to keep this in our house and we used to live in bitterness and we used to hold grudges. Not only that, we used to have the spirit of revenge. We, 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 we want to go and get back at that person that has harmed us. Even in our relationship, we apply the same principle. In our friendship groups, we apply the same principle, and we want to revenge. But in Christ, the Spirit of God is saying through Paul, get rid of that. You are now no longer living in that pattern, in that way. That is the junk that is in your life that you need to get rid of. So church, I challenge you that let us walk in 2020 in in a, in a light way, by getting rid of some of the junk that we do not need to have in our lives. We don't need to live with trash and old clothing because it just takes up space. It makes your life frustrating and it gives the enemy a door to lead us more away and away from our heavenly father. So the spirit of God is saying to you this afternoon, get rid of this. And church, he has not left us by ourselves. When, when we were doing the work uh, in, in, in our container, we had heaps of people helping out. We had Fitzy, we had uh, Meseret, we had uh, a lot of the girls, the, the youth leaders, we had Berekat, we had Lukas, they were all helping out. And, and, and with all of us, we got the, the work done for the whole day. And, and, I, and I was saying, imagine if I did that by myself. 
it would take so long. Maybe I would, I would say, okay, I'll do a bit now. Maybe I'll never end up doing it. But church, there's a better helper that God has given us, and he's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has, is, is coming alongside us. Can you come with me, Asha, one sec? This is what the Holy Spirit will do. You know, when I've, I've shared this before, but when Jesus was walking in this world, you can walk with me now, he walked with his disciples, and whenever they had questions, whenever they didn't understand anything, whenever they needed help, they would just talk to Jesus face to face. And that was the life that they were living, and he would walk with them everywhere, and he would talk with them, and he would teach them what it means to live. Thanks, bro. What it means to live in this new newness of life through the fellowship and the relationship that he had with them. And, and, and what Jesus said is this, when he left, he said, do not worry. Matter of fact, it is better that I leave. Because when I leave, I'm going to send for you another. That word another is the same likeness. I'm going to send another who is just like me and he will be with you always. He will teach you all things and he will help. Things is not just an automatic thing. It is the help of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God wants to help to take the trash out of our house, to take it out of our room, and to chuck it away. He is ready. He is willing. He's waiting on us. We're not waiting on Him. So many times we pray, God, I'm waiting on you. But He's saying, no, 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 I am waiting on you. Hallelujah. We have the help of the Holy Spirit. Not only that, we have the nourishment that comes from the Word of God to help us. Then he said, get rid of rage and anger. Anger in the Greek is thumos, and, and um, sorry, b- uh, rage is thumos, and anger is orge, if I'm getting that right. And, and the word for rage means a sudden outburst of anger, but it dies down. The word for anger they used in the Greek, it means an anger that is long-term. Doesn't get over. So he's using the words together. So he's saying, get rid of anger in your life that is long term. That is an, a, a big anger in your life that is persistent. He's saying, get rid of it. How do we get rid of it? By throwing it out by the help of the Holy Spirit. Get rid of it. We need to make a decision that we will not walk another day carrying things that just take up room but are rubbish in our lives. And my prayer is that we walk light we walk with a lightweight not heavyweight there's already enough challenges in life and there is no need to take excess baggage when God has helped us to remove those things let's get rid of it James 1 19 to 22 James 1 19 to 22 my dear brothers and sisters take note of this everyone should be quick to listen slow to speak slow to become angry Marriage lesson right there. If you're in marriage, that's a key verse that I always go to. Let's be just listeners and not quick to to say stuff. Anyway, that's another message. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Another version says the righteous life that God desires. Then he said this, therefore, get rid of all moral filth. Let's get rid of this filth that we used to live and indulge with in our former life. You know, you know, Christian life or Christianity is not just a change in, it's not about a title. Christianity is a change in desires. This is what happens when you're a Christian. This will help you to understand. 
Before I came to Christ, I had no desire to pray, to come to church, to get into the presence of God, to worship Him. I had no, I didn't even have one worship song. I had no desire for that. I didn't want it. But my desires, my appetite was more open to the worldly things, to, to, to the worldly music, to worldly activities, to worldly ways of living, to worldly ways of thinking. When I became a Christian, my appetite was changed. I, I had a taste of better food. I used to be eating junk food like Macca's, but I went to this eloquent restaurant, if that can make sense, let it make sense for you. And I had a taste of something that I never knew that I had access to. And, and when God exposed me to that, I knew, I saw the way of trash that I was living. You know, have you ever seen the shows about hoarders and, and they went and they go and they, they interview them and the, the disorder that I was just talking about in the beginning and when you go to their house, they've got junk and mess everywhere. I've seen extreme versions of this in the UK and the US. Literally, you cannot go in. Stacked up to the roof, junk for 30, 40 years. And, and when they're trying to help them clear it out, they are so familiar and used to the junk, it has become a normal way of living. And, you, and when you ask them, how do you live like this? They say, what, what's wrong with the way that I live? And you see, when we, when we do not know Christ, we used to think it is a normal way of living, the lifestyle that we live. Anger was a normal way of living. Bitterness was a, was a normal way of living. Every sinful lifestyle was a normal way of living. But when we came to Christ, we had a taste of something better. And we knew that the trash that we're living in was because of deception. But he said here, get rid of all. And he said, the evil that is so prevalent, that means that is widespread, it's everywhere. Church, I wanna remind you, we're living in the world and because we're in this world, evil exists. Evil is spread wide. And that is why we need to get rid of it. And he said, humbly accept the word of God that is planted in you, which can save you. And I hope that you apply verse 22 because this is what he said in verse 22. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Church, when we just hear the word, you come in and out every Sunday and you walk out of this room and you learn so many principles. If you would go through your archive of, of preachings that you've heard in your whole life, you've got thousands upon thousands. Even me, just in my little folder, I've got hundreds and hundreds of sermons I preach in this very room. And if you would say, and if you would think about how many messages I've heard in conferences and all this, we would have so many things. But my other following question is this. How many of those sermons did you go and apply in your life? Because if we're just hearers, what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, I believe, is that we have become foolish builders. He said, after he teaches the Sermon on the Mount, this amazing sermon about a, 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 a truly righteous person and a hypocrite, and he shows about the religious living and, and a righteous living, after he does all that, he finishes it off with, a, with an analogy. And he said, a wise person is like a person who hears the word and then does what it says. When the storms come, when the wind comes, when temptation comes, he will stand strong. So I pray that we learn to not just hear the word, but to allow what the word says to do it. My prayer is that you would walk out of this room today, you walk out straight from this room, and you will apply this word that you're hearing. And you'll make a conscious decision and you'll say, God, I don't want to live another day with junk in my life that you want me to get rid of. If you have grievance with anyone, you go and speak to that person. 
I'm sorry that I've hurt you. I'm sorry that I've did this. And you deal with that person. If you have anything that you need to deal with with anyone, do it. If you have sin in your life and you want help, come. There is help. Don't live in secrecy. I'm going to share with you uh, very soon, not next week, but the week after maybe, about the freedom we have in the gospel of Jesus Christ. But we need to get rid of it. There is plenty of junk in the world. God wants us to get rid of the things that he has set us free from. Number two, there are the seen and the unseen junk and, the, uh, and clutter in our lives. There are seen and unseen junk and clutter in our life. 2 Corinthians 7.1, I'm almost done. 2 Corinthians 7.1, therefore, since we have these promises, now the preceding therefore, every time you see a therefore, you need to go back and read. Paul was talking in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, about idols, the idols that the Corinthian church had. And he was telling them to get rid of these idols, to not worship idols. And then he mentioned a bunch of promises from the Old Testament. He got a bunch of scriptures and he talked about when, when we get rid of idols, the promises of God, that he will come near us, that he would protect us and all of these promises. And then he said, therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and, can you read it with me? And spirit. That's, that's like, whoa. I mean, it's easy to know the things that contaminates the body. It's easy to identify sin in our life that is physical. But the hardest of the things to identify, because no one else can accept ourself, is the contamination of the spirit. And Paul is saying we need to Purify ourselves from the things that are off the heart. Ezekiel 14, 6. I didn't give it to you. It's all right, but I'll just read it here. Read Ezekiel chapter 14. The whole chapter, God is talking to the Israelites about the idols that they've set up in their hearts. Listen to what he said, verse number 6. After he says, you know, you come to me and you're asking me questions after you, and you have all these idols in your, in your life. Do you think I'm going to hear you? And he gives them the option to obey his word. He said this, therefore, say to the people of Israel, he's saying this to Ezekiel to say it to the leaders of Israel. This is what the sovereign Lord says, repent, turn from your idols and renounce all your detestable practices. And further up, he talks about the idols that you have placed in your heart. Because if I bring, uh, if I bring this particular thing and we go to a Buddhist monk or whatever it is, and, and there's an idol right here, and you bow down to this, and you make it a God, it is easy to identify that. But, but the harder thing to identify is the idols that we have placed in our hearts that we cannot see with our physical eyes, but we need another set of eyes to understand this. There are idols that contaminate the heart. You know, Dr. Mamusha, when he was here uh, last week, he talked about how much care as human beings that we take care of our internal organs. I don't know if about you, but we check our sugar levels. Have you ever done a whole blood check, a whole health, health check by your doctor? We, we care about that. Our diabetes levels, whatever levels that are in our organs, we protect that. We are so careful. We look after it. If the doctor said your, your level has gone up in your sugar, my dad, ha uh, my dad has high cholesterol and, and, and when the doctor said you have to change your diet, he was so serious. He cut off a lot of the things they used to love to eat because his health was now affected. 
It's easy to go to the doctors and say, can you do an internal examination and identify how healthy my organs are? But he was talking about when it was the last time we sat down and checked our spiritual condition. Do I have anger in my life? Do I have hatred in my life? Do I have bitterness in my life? These are the things that are in you and cannot be seen by the naked eye, but they contaminate our heart and our spirit. Jesus said, lust doesn't begin in the action, it begins in the heart. Jesus said, murder doesn't begin in the action, it begins in the heart. They're both internal conditions that we need to examine. The difference is one is spiritual and one is physical. The doctor can tell you what's wrong inside of your organs, but only the Word and the Spirit of God can tell you the contamination of your spirit. And my prayer is that we understand that the junk and the clutter in our life is not just physical, but it is spiritual. There is an inner inner condition that we need to get rid of and some practices that we are doing in the natural that is ungodly that we need to get rid of. And my prayer is that you walk into this new, new year for yourself, not for anyone else. Remember, we're not living for anyone else. We're living for Him. When, when I was reading one article, a person defined an idol like this, which was profound for me. He said, when the good thing becomes the ultimate thing. And he, and, he, and he took it back to Genesis. And he said everything that God created was good. Human beings were good. Animals and plants were good. Working was good. Everything in this world was good. God created everything good. He said the definition of idol, uh, uh, idolizing something is when a good thing becomes the ultimate thing. When your career becomes more superior than God. When your marriage becomes more superior than God, becomes more the ultimate thing than Him. That is an idol. And I believe if you will have an internal dissection of your spirit and really get before God and say, God, what are the idols in my heart? The Spirit of God will show you. There are idols that we have set up and we've left that junk in our life because we've, we've misdiagnosed it. We thought that because it's unseen. And, and the Spirit of God will show us these things. There are things that are not, that are good things. They're not necessarily bad. Your career is not necessarily bad. But it becomes the, if it becomes the ultimate thing in your life, then it's become an idol. And this is an idol that is unseen. Let me read last, and I'll go to my third point and finish. Mark 7, 20 to 23. Mark 7, 20 to 23. He went on. Because they, they accused Jesus of eating food without washing his hands. And they said, you've defiled yourself. That's the laws that they made up, the Pharisees, the extra ones that they added. And Jesus taught them a lesson here. He said, he went on to say, what comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is within, from within, out of a person's heart that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, Deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside and defile a person. What Jesus was teaching them, it's not the food, the physical food that you put in, that would come out. 
that would go through your, 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 your system and come out. But he said, there's another thing that really defiles you, and that is the things that comes out of your heart. These are inner things that are junk in our hearts, and you know it. You know, one thing we need to stop doing is when we're hearing messages, hearing it for someone else. Let's hear messages for me. God, this is my word, and I want to take this, and I want to run with it. What is the junk in your heart? What is the junk in your life? God is saying, get rid of it. I'm here for you and I'll help you. Third one is my last point. You can get Milika to come and play. We are throwing stuff out so we can freely run our race. That's why God doesn't want us to be tied up by these things. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. Therefore, so Hebrews chapter 11, you remember, it's the faith chapter. It's the chapter that God was saying through, the, through I believe it's Apostle Paul uh, that wrote that letter. But whoever it is, the Spirit of God was saying that faith, without faith, we can't please God. And then he shows examples in the Old Testament of the people that run, ran their race by faith, by believing. And then he said, since we have, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and he's using a, an Olympic analogy here so that his audience can understand. They're living in a Greek world and, and the Olympics were very popular and they would understand what is happening when Paul is, or whoever wrote it is talking about this. We're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. He's talking about a race, but the crowd of witnesses are the saints that have gone before them and they have seen the faithfulness of God. They finished their race. And what, what the writer is saying here, they're now cheering you on to run your race. They're saying, hey, God did it for me. Lydia, you know Abraham? Do you know what he's saying? He's saying, Lydia, God said to me that he's going to spread my descendants and make them as numerous as the stars and, and as numerous as the sand. And, and God did it. I didn't think. He would give me my own son. But Lydia, God did it. And he's cheering you on. And he's cheering on your race because he's, he's saying, God did it for me. He gave me a son in my old age. And because he did it for me, Lydia, you can run your race. And what God has said to you, the assignment that is placed on you, God is faithful because he was faithful to me. We're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. People like David. People like Rahab. Rahab is saying, I've messed up. Yo, yo, I've messed up big. I lived a life of prostitution. I, was, I didn't even know about the Jehovah God. I didn't know about Him until our nation was about to be invaded. And, and, and it wasn't by chance. Let me tell you, it wasn't by chance. When, when, God, when God sent those people to kill our people, I believed in what they were saying and I believed in their God. And because I believed and because God is faithful, He made my lineage part of Christ. And He's saying, Yo-Yo, she's saying to me, Yo-Yo, God did it with me. He accepted a prostitute and he used a prostitute. And if he did it with me, he can do it for you. And she's encouraging me, keep going. But listen to what this writer says. Let us, there's the word. I, I really believe God is going to do work in this place. Let us throw off. I guess this is the lightest thing I can, I can throw without damaging anyone. 
Let us throw off everything. Do not walk another day with one thing. Because I promise you that one thing will build up to many things. Hoarding doesn't begin with many things. It begins with one thing. Get rid of everything that hinders. God wants you to run your race. This is a prophetic word right now. Every single one of you in this room, you have a race to run and God doesn't want anything to hinder you, especially the thing that the cross has dealt with. He's saying, get rid of it. Everything, throw it away. You don't need it another day in your life. Throw it away. Throw out that junk. You don't need to call the government to call a collection. There's the Spirit of God who has all power and authority to get rid of that thing from your heart. To get rid of that sin from your life. Yo, yo, you don't understand. I've been dealing with this for so many years and it's a secret sin and no one can see. No one knows your yo. I promise you he knows. And he hasn't given up on you. And he hasn't condemned you. And he's saying, my son, my daughter, if you are willing to, to agree with me, I can get rid of that thing from your heart. I can, I can remove it from its roots. I can bring healing into your heart. I can bring healing of what has, but has been done to you at a young age. If you are willing. Everything that hinders. Everything that hinders. And then he said, the sin that so easily entangles. Saying, get rid of it, throw it away. Because you're an athlete. You're a good soldier. And you have a race to run. And this race cannot take baggage. You're in a race, but the race is not with another person. The race that you're running is your own race. You have your own lane and you're not in, in competition. Your only aim is to finish the race to which God has called you. And he's saying, let us throw it. Let us throw away sin in our life. That easily entangles. Have you ever been in that place where you've just walked into the garage? And, and Blaine, you probably have done that. You walked into, you don't know, do you have a garage now? You don't. Uh, but if you have a garage, you walk, I promise you, you've probably done this in the past. You'd walk into a garage, you're like, how did I have all this stuff in my garage? Like when we moved in, you and I, it was just empty, nothing. But over the years, all of these things just piled up. And sometimes in our life, we can think that. How did I get to where I am? How is all this mess in my life? How am I this far away from God? How am I this broken in my heart? I used to run, yo, yo. I used to run with passion for God. I used to exercise the gift that he has for me. But how is all of this junk in my heart? It began with a brokenness. It began with a hurt. It began with something, but you allowed it to fester and it, you got easily caught up in it, easily entangled. But God is saying there is a power available today for him to break that from your heart. Let's go back to that passage in Hebrews. Then he said this, and let us run with perseverance, the race that is marked out for us. How do we do this? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Not on people. You'll be disappointed if you fix your eyes on me. Only follow me when I follow Christ. The moment I stop, stop following me. But you can always follow Jesus because he'll never, he'll never, he'll never do you wrong. He said, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the perfecter of our faith, 
For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Church, I believe that God is speaking to someone in this room. This message might not be for everyone, but it's for someone. I hope it's for everyone. But my prayer is that you walk in this new year, and 2020 is, you know, clear vision, or it's cliche, but I really believe it's prophetic. That God will give clarity to many of you this year. Clarity for the vision that he has for your life. Clarity for the lifestyle that you're living. Clarity for the, for the, for the, call of God that's over your life, clarity for the questions that you've been asking and asking. I really believe God will bring clarity, but I think he wants you to start off this year. I hope in faith that you would respond to this message because there's some junkie in my life that I'm saying to God, I don't want to walk another day with it, but God help me to get rid of it. Have you ever seen a beautiful car on the outside? like a really hot car, like lowered and all this thing, and then they open the boot. <laughs> like, what is going on there? Or have you ever been to a really nice house, and then they show you the garage? You know, sometimes that could be true for our life. We can look like we have, we have got it all together. You look the part on the outside. Just put a smile on your face. You have a good time when you go out, but you're broken on the inside. There's junk in your life. God is saying, my child, I want to help you to get rid of it. There's joy. There's light living. There's more space when you get rid of the things that doesn't belong there. Let's pray. Let's stand and pray.